0: Welcome to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a digital support group for everyone interested in a learning lifestyle. I'm your host, Melody. I'm your co-host, Holly. Today we'd like to discuss learning styles and modalities, but
1: before we get into our topic, what's new with you, Holly? How's your family? Oh, we're doing all right. We've been going out to the playground a lot, and my son thinks he is a ninja. (laughs) I've seen his ninja moves. (laughs) So he's been... Uh, running down uh, alongside the, the trail where I walk, and hiding behind trees and jumping out, and I just wonder what people oh. <laughs> might think about what he's doing. Uh, Ninja man, he's mask your... and
0: oh, in his mouth. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> not he's... too hot. Uh,
1: apparently not. You know, when you're trying to achieve an effect, <laughs> then you got to go all out for it. I think it's probably entertaining everybody out there. You know, I don't need... They seem to just let him go by without too much notice, which probably disappoints him. No, he's a ninja. Well, I know, but... You can't see him. (laughs) No, you can't see him. Yeah, so we've just been trying to get to the park every evening, because the morning has been too hot. Yesterday morning, I checked my weather app, and it was 83 degrees and 73% humidity, and I said just, like, no thank you. I'll see you later outside. (laughs) It's too hot. Need a little breeze, Mm -hmm. absolutely. What about you? What have you been doing?
0: Well... I don't know. A lot of different things. I can't, (laughs) I can't pin it down to one thing. We've got some family members moving and then another friend who just learned they need to move. Oh, goodness. And so a lot of, you know, helping to store some things temporarily for this person and that person and just a lot of, a lot of things outside of the normal. Trying to keep the routine going, but there's so many things. yeah what is so extra anyway these days <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't even tell you we've been busy, but it's been so many different things I can't categorize it as what we've been doing. <laughs>
1: Some days we're so busy that in the in the morning, the next day, I can't even remember what we had for dinner. The night oh before. <laughs> that's really sad. <laughs> or it's good. I don't know. Being busy is good. That's Busy's better than good. being bored.
0: Yeah, well, yes, I think that's true. Having lots to do. Well, let's talk for a minute or two about learning styles and modalities. I think that uh, people might be familiar with those terms, but we get them mixed up. Oh, sure enough.
1: Right. So, um, modalities that's the way you like information, the way you like information, the Mm -hmm. way you physically interact with
0: it and Mm -hmm. take in information, your mode your mode of, right. of gathering information and when I first started homeschooling I knew about modalities from mm-hmm. from teacher training and teaching kindergarten and right that by itself was really helpful mm-hmm. to uh to pinpoint what the what each one of my children was uh needing as far as how how are they best going to take in the information and remember it I wanted them to retain sure information and I had some of course they were kindergarten age so they were really active and right very kinesthetic but there were also some. I think the first so kinesthetic is a modality kinesthetic is a modality we have visual learners uh, auditory learners and kinesthetic learners right and your visual learner needs to see it and your auditory learner needs to hear it or and talk about it oh Mm -hmm. my goodness Here and talk and talk about it. Right. And then your kinesthetic or tactile learner needs to physically connect with it. And um, I have a big family. And so among all my children, we had good examples of all of these in different combinations. Right.
1: Right. Because I know that I'm primarily visual. Me too. But if I'm trying to learn something, I have to actually do it. Like I'll tell people all the time, don't just show me. I won't remember. I've got to get my hands on it and do it so I think it's I'm visual kinesthetic a combination yeah I think
0: most people are but we are predominantly one or Mm -hmm. the other or predominantly there's usually one and I know that uh, one one time we were walking down the road I think I might have mentioned this before and where my daughter had to touch all the little knobs in the window seat my son just looked over there and observed them and so interesting she's very very hands-on still needs to hold a picture to look at it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. looking at the visual thing, but has to hold it to see it. But if you have visual learners, they're usually strong readers. That I was a to, very early mm-hmm. reader. Mm-hmm. They can see it. Um, they are read a description of something to understand it. That's plenty. Oh, yes. Kiddos.
1: <clears throat> I like to read instructions. My husband just likes to open a box and start just jamming jump in. things together. Well, I always
0: read them and look at the diagrams. <laughs> I like
1: to see a diagram and know right. how it fits so together. So those are the modalities. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you have your learning styles. On
0: top of that, you have your learning mm-hmm. styles. And then on top of that, you have all the other things like birth order
1: or. Uh, or your else? love language yes so it's like things. layers of an onion basically layers of an onion right. or those overlays like in the encyclopedia oh right where you take in the muscle layer you have and the whole the, per- mm-hmm. the whole person yeah that's a great analogy i like that look at all the things
0: yeah all the things you can use to figure out your child are going to help you right but um i would say if you have visual learners you want to do things with flash. they do benefit from maps and charts and flashcards but not oh, too many because yes. you can get
1: visual clutter yes i can get overwhelmed and and speaking of that um this is kind of an aside but because this is a new homeschool year mm-hmm. a lot of people are setting up their learning spaces mm-hmm. and they're wanting to put up a lot of cute things but less is more Less is more. It gets too much and too overwhelming. Then you tune those things out mm-hmm. and don't see. No any matter anymore. what kind of learner you are, really, really,
0: yeah. And, but it's hard. It's hard not to. We, I know. We, <laughs> we put things up, but we learn not to put up so many things and to rotate the things that we put up there. And when we were finished with a unit, we would take that stuff down and mm-hmm. put up the new stuff. So sure, those make good reviews. Uh huh. So for your auditory learner that needs to hear and talk about everything, um, that one was a little harder for me to figure out how to incorporate
1: into my day, I suppose. How about you? Did you have any auditory learners? Um, Well, so my middle son was a delayed reader, and so he had to Mm -hmm. take in most of his information auditorily. in addition to that, we used the Charlotte Mason method of education, which is strong on narration. Which is So I would door. read things aloud to him. He could hear it. And then he got a chance to talk about it by narrating it back to me. And it was a really good fit. And even now, as an adult, he listens to a lot of podcasts and he listens to audiobooks which as a visual learner if you make me listen to a fiction audiobook i will want to punch it <laughs> that's just frustrating cuz i can't follow my brain has to see the words and build the images build, in my mm-hmm. head but yeah so my auditory learners they did really well with read alouds
0: and then narrating absolutely mm-hmm. and those are the children that can sing a jingle back to you oh. so we used a lot of learning songs yes. and rhymes
1: and they hear things my husband's auditory he can hear a song and know the lyrics Yes. and everything and I don't know the name I don't know what song is being sung until I get to the chorus then I'll okay. I'll say oh I know <laughs> oh, what that yes. is it's like a game I know what it is right? because I'm not auditory
0: so I'm not much of an auditory learner there's an element there but we did I just learned to pull in a lot of uh, like sing and learn kind mm-hmm. of things audio yes we memory. sing spell
1: read and write for
0: my son right. who was the delayed reader and, and that changed his whole world it makes everything easier to Mm -hmm. to grasp Mm -hmm. so that if you have an auditory learner definitely pull in some of those songs and um even even making
1: rhymes and making up jingles as mnemonics to remember things right i taught my kids um to remember our phone number by singing it to uh, i think it was like twinkle twinkle little star that tune
0: so it was like um
1: Four four one eight oh four one or something like that. Uh-huh. Now my song is nearly done. That that's not that rhyme, but <laughs> but that's how I taught them to remember some things. And then there were um, skip counting songs that go with Matthew C. Yeah. So those kind of things, yes, those are very helpful they for auditory we learners. Had, we had one
0: uh, suggestion in our curriculum was to put a, a passage of scripture to a song, and mm-hmm. that was so effective. Different memory. my family memorize. can still sing. Yeah, that, that makes one. sense. And then if you have a, a hands-on, kinesthetic learner. Or that needs to touch or interact with materials to learn. That is pretty easy in the lower grades because you've got a lot of manipulatives with math. But even in the upper grades, a lot of those kids still need some kind of physical model to work with. Even for algebra, there's some really great. Uh,
1: again, Matthew C. That's mm-hmm. that's one reason I went with Matthew C. Is because it fits a variety of um, modalities mm-hmm. and a variety of learning styles. And again. Modalities are how you take in the information and learning styles is another layer, so another layer we're
0: I, gonna talk more about yeah. that.
1: I think that uh, graphic organizers
0: are really popular right now, and mm-hmm. that is another thing that appeals to those kinesthetic learners, but also the visual learners because they can see right that organize is a way to organize the information and then just the practice of talking about it. so that one hits all three also.
1: yeah, I taught my uh, my oldest son to read by taping. Uh, well, the alphabet and all, I, I taped them on the floor, with some like you know oh, painter's I tape, love that. and mm-hmm. he jumped to them and he'd give me the sound, or I'd put the blends, and, and that's how he learned to read because he never sat down when he was six, never sat down, so I used that Definitely. to teach him to read.
0: <laughs> well, that's the best thing is yeah. to figure out what makes them tick and then hook that into that, and right. off you and, go. And
1: you wouldn't think it's really distracting, if you're you think how's somebody gonna learn while they're jumping around. But for some kids, that's exactly what they need to do to learn.
0: Oh, it is. I have one son that if he was sitting still, stuff was not going in. His ears were not. He had to required so much effort to focus, Mm -hmm. to sit still. So we learned to just let him, you know, wiggle around or
1: move, sit on a ball. Yeah, my seven-year-old has uh, one of my exercise balls. And he is around bouncing on that thing all day long. While we're doing Bible, while we're doing whatever mm-hmm. thing, we're, history, and I'll say, now tell me what I read, and he knows. He knows. Yeah. It's amazing. If they, if they can tell it back to you, you know. Yeah. So that those were the
0: modalities. Those were the modalities, and so there's another layer that's helpful of in figuring out your children, and that would be learning styles, and the whole learning style um, model I think comes out of personality models that a lot of people are familiar with. Oh, sure. 16 personalities or. Myers-Briggs, and all those things that people who observe people mm-hmm. have figured out and categorized over the years. Um, so, when you, we like to, I like to use the model that I've seen from Kathy Duffy in the homeschool community. Everybody, most people are familiar with Kathy yes, Duffy. Kathy Duffy. And uh-huh. she has um, applied those learning styles to uh, homeschool and learning and given them names that... Um, the, they're a little, they're much easier to figure out who you're talking about from her names. I think oh, yes.
1: Because if, if you do that Myers-Briggs thing, there's letters. And, I, and I've and i done mine, but I don't know. I'm like, is it I-N-F-T? I, I right. can't remember that. And then there's,
0: you know, the other one with the actual, actual spontaneous comfy. Yeah, none of those
1: are really those don't how everyday well. people think and talk. No.
0: No. <laughs> so we'd like to introduce you to Wiggly Willie, Perfect Paul competent Carl and sociable Sam or
1: Wiggly Wilma or Wiggly Wilma perfect Paula competent Carl and sociable Sue right right because it, you get boys and
0: girls doing all these activities all these kinds of uh, learning the ways, they, styles, learn. The ways mm-hmm. they learn so let's just um, let's just talk about each one of these in brief and then after the break we'll come back and talk about how you can apply it in your home school
1: right and and not only to your kids, but to yourself. Yes, and all the other people you know. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's true. Like, oh. It does help interacting with people when you understand the way they learn and the way they take in information. You can, well, you can be able to be understood. Exactly. Yes. You
0: can be more understanding. And as this was like light bulbs going off for one of my children in particular when I could understand that he wasn't just trying to be obnoxious. That right. was just something he needed to process information. In a certain fairly rigid structured way Right And after that it was, it was like okay we can do that Right right But uh, first up is Wiggly Willy or Wilma And this is your active learner They are they love games They're so full of energy if you, if you can teach it with a game They
1: will catch it right away Do you know there's a Facebook group called Game Schooling I just found out about Game I schooling. just got on it too and it's so fun So many games I didn't even know Were out there And that whole idea of teaching through games is brilliant. wonderful.
0: We did that sort of by accident one year with By Jove. By the time we actually sat down and studied Greek history, ancient Greece, they'd already played By Jove so often they already knew. How fun. um, Love that. Big percentage of what we were going to study. But if you have a Wiggly Willie or Wilma, you have a child that needs variety and enjoys change. And so they do easily get bored with the same old thing every single day. And sometimes it can be as easy as just switching up the order in which you do your topics or your subjects. Um, that's enough of a change to keep that kiddo happy. Mm-hmm. Um, they like competition and challenges. So if you have a contest, like a writing contest, let's say they don't really love writing,
1: but there's a contest. Oh, right. Then they can connect. And My middle daughter, Hannah, is very competitive. And she just called me yesterday and said, "Guess who's getting the biggest bonus possible this quarter in my company?" And I, uh, where her district? And I said, "I'm sure it's it must you. Be you." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, she's very competitive. If there's a goal to meet or a challenge, she is on it, and she will and they go love for it. That. Yes, and and that just
0: energizes them. Mm-hmm. They're really adventurous. They like to take risks, and I have seen that they really are accepting of many types of people. They yes. just are so fascinated with that change, something different. They really do love um, different kinds of people. Um, the next person, kind of personal learning personality we could call it, is your perfect Paul or Paula. And this is your routine learner. Doesn't really like change, wants their routine and wants to keep it that way. Mm-hmm. Don't want any monkey wrenches getting thrown into their day. They're practical, responsible, dependent, dependable, excuse mm-hmm. me. This is your organizer. These people are naturally organized, and they work systematically, and they thrive in that. So it's almost the opposite of what your Willie or Wilma would, would right. want. Yes, yes. These are the ones that make lists, and they like to know what's expected, and they want you to do things right.
1: I see myself a little bit in both of those. <clears throat> yeah, I like things organized. Nothing bothers me more then disarray. If I walk into a room like my my middle son that lives with us, he's 28 and he works full time. And sometimes I'll walk into his room um, to leave something like a package and it just all I can do not <laughs> to start tidying up because I can see the oh if this was uh, okay. done and this was done. Yep. Not, not a
0: perfect Paul. <laughs> no. Oh, my goodness. I guess if you're a person that that does something and then puts it on your list to cross it off, you might be.
1: (laughs) There's something very satisfying (laughs) about crossing things off a list.
0: Right. So this is your hardworking, conventional, accurate, consistent, organized person. Right. And uh, I have children that are a blend of that, but my perfect Paula was at a very young age making lists of things and... Uh, I have a granddaughter who used to make lists
1: of the people as they came in she would check you in on a list Oh that's hilarious Like very very many of those tendencies I recently came across a notebook that I had when I was in high school And it has a list I wrote for packing to go on a trip to Florida that I took my senior year And I laughed at myself I've been doing this list thing forever
0: (laughs) I love lists There's a lot of that Paula in me um,
1: but you might also have a child who's
0: a more focused learner, who's competent, Carl or Carla, and this is the this is the learning style that was my one son that I had, had not been able to figure out until I went to a like a homeschool convention, uh, not a convention, but a a local meeting, and oh, we had a speaker. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. um, this child or person is logical and analytical and systematic and structured. And likes to solve problems. And I think the catchphrase she said at that meeting was, very happy being serious. Oh, sure. And I was like, oh, that's exactly right. Wanted to read science books about, always checked out books of information at Mm -hmm. the library. Wanted to read me, wanted me to read him a book about lasers for a bedtime story. (laughs) okay (laughs) what relaxing reading that must have been that research and science (coughs) likes to solve problems and can maintain focus maintain focus for a long period of time sure but that was so um just like a light bulb moment for us right that's why he didn't want to do
1: those fun and game things almost the opposite of so my my (laughs) husband is a competent carl we always joke around we'll say Um, Because my kids and I like to play board games. And Mm -hmm. my oldest son will come over and he's got an extensive collection. We'll say, do you want to play this game? And my husband will always say no. And the joke in our family is that he hates fun, which isn't true. (laughs) Which isn't true at all. But he's he's not a person. uh, So for bedtime reading, he'll be reading a history book or something. Yes. Yeah.
0: World War II books and things like that. This child as an adult is very analytical. Mm -hmm. And it's wonderful. These are the people who can... Can keep all that information. Oh yes, really.
1: um, Oh yes. If we need to know something, we might go ask my husband, but we have to tell him. I only want you to answer this question. Please do not give me the whole (laughs) volume volume of knowledge you have on this topic because he knows so much about these things. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, they um, they at least for me, our confident Carl loves computers, and I I just think that's a good fit for them. Oh sure. Any. They're serious, serious fun, and and he has games, but they're pretty technical, right? That he likes yep. And then and then we have sociable Sam or Sue, who's your big picture learner, your global person, um, your people person. Mm-hmm. This person is compassionate. They're a good listener, and they're really perceptive of people. They just have a good
1: sense. They're of, usually your empathetic people. Yes, they are. That, that's me. I I can be near someone. And if they're emotional, I will be. They start to cry. I'm mm-hmm. crying get too, it right mm-hmm. there with them. But your your Sam or Sue is fascinated
0: by people, want mm-hmm. to know more about people. Generally, geography or social studies is one of their favorite topics, and biographies about oh, other yes. people and
1: other lands. You are speaking to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Best
0: way to learn. So, you've got these four different kinds of learners, and. Um, They're just one of the many ways that you can understand your children. But if you know these things about your children, you can modify your curriculum to make learning a more pleasant experience. Sure. Or to make it more effective or
1: so that they'll remember and connect with what you're learning. Yeah, they can interact with the information. That's, That's a great overview of these learning styles. I can't wait till we come back and see how we apply those. Sounds good. We're
0: going to take a short break to hear a word from our sponsor, and when we return, we'll talk more about learning
1: styles and modalities. Our podcast today is sponsored by Transcript Maker. It's an online service that allows you to create professional high school transcripts in the comfort of your own home. I think that no matter what your learning style is, you would love Transcript Maker. I agree. Um, When I first discovered it, and I being somewhat sociable and not at all Interested in learning Excel, uh, I discovered this program, and I couldn't sign up fast enough. It was such a breeze. made, taking all those details, you know, what grades, what topics, what courses, and plugging them in, it made it so easy. It is easy, and that would appeal to your perfect Paula side, where you like lists and organization. Oh, yes, yes, I, I really loved printing it out and looking at it. i I just can't tell you i still go back and look at the transcripts i created for my kids that graduated in you know 2007 2008 2014 whatever i go back and that's the thing oh let me say this so when you make a transcript it stays on your system and you can access it even after your subscription is no longer active you can log in and still print out that transcript isn't that lovely that's a wonderful benefit yeah I was thrilled about that. So even years later. Yeah, sometimes my oldest son will um, apply for a new position in his company, and he'll say, do you have my transcript? And I'll say, yes, fortunately for you, I do. Yes, you do. And I'll just log in, and I can print out that transcript. Oh, it's so important to be able to access it later on in life, because
0: that's the standard when you're applying for a job. They want to see your transcript. Yes, and I get
1: calls sometimes from people who are looking for their high school transcript, and they don't know how to get it. Oh, from, like they'll say their public school has closed, and I think that's amazing. Aren't they supposed to keep that information somewhere so you can have it later? So I love that Transcript Maker keeps it stored on their system so you can access it. Oh, my, that's a wonderful service.
0: hmm You can get a 14-day free trial at www.transcriptmaker.com. Transcript Maker. Simply better transcripts. Let's get back into our discussion of learning styles and modalities and talk about practical ways that we can apply this in our home. Sounds good. Let's start with Wiggly Willy or Wilma. We already talked about what they like, games, Mm -hmm. activity, action. Who's your action person? They dislike drill, repetition, redoing something once it's done, Mm -hmm. and detailed records and basically routines. Routines are boring to this person. Right. They need the structure of it but not in a boring way and Mm -hmm. so they're typically strong in things that uh, appeal to that creative spontaneous side like music Mm -hmm. and art and athletics. So these are your performers. Oh sure. And um, you can pull a lot. You can connect You can connect a lot of school subjects To art and music and athletics And i found that if I For my Wiggly If they could draw a picture of it Or create some, you know, artistic um, Not always a picture A diorama or a setup or or a play We had them, you know, create a play And they, they had so much fun doing that And thought it was really great Oh,
1: yeah And that's a really great way for kids to learn. Anyway, you know, if you think back to the things you remember from your childhood, they are the things that involved most of your senses. Mm -hmm. So, so for example, when I was in fourth grade, um, my class did a study on Japan. We painted a mural of um, a certain mountain in Japan. Mm-hmm. We learned a Japanese dance. We made Japanese food. We, and I still remember so much of that because it involved my senses. All and so senses. That's, that's a great way. That's a great wiggly. Uh, that's great for a wiggly. Right. You must have a little bit. I, I do. <laughs> you know, I, I get bored easily. And I like change. When people complain about things changing, I think, but change is so fun, it's oh, invigorating. Yeah. And travel.
0: You mm-hmm. like to travel. I do. Wigglys often do. And so those are, aside from a lot of young children having some of those same characteristics, needing right. to move around and interact with things, these people, even as adults, still have those same characteristics. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you have a, a tedious type of task, we'll find a way to make it fun.
1: Oh, yes. Definitely. If I have to do some things that I don't want to do, I'll set a timer or put on music mm-hmm. or something to motivate myself. Make it, like, compete with the timer, finish before Right, you and, it and that can, that can that work for your for child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: They typically do need some help with study habits and self-discipline because if those things don't seem like fun, like studying for a test, because they have to rehash what they've already learned. Right. How, how boring is that to this right. person? Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to work with them a little bit. Find ways to make it a little more interesting. Um, do it with them. Talk about your review while you're taking a walk. Mm-hmm. There's all kind of ways to make it fun. I like to have fun. So yeah. we we would make some games to review our uh Right. Flashcards wouldn't work for them, but not very well. Paula or Paul might love flashcards, right. but not your wiggly. But right. if you're interacting with them somehow, if you put those flashcards out on the floor and you jump from one to another, right, or something like that. Make it a game, Mm-hmm. or uh, we did a hide and seek thing where, it's, when you found it, then you
1: could answer that question oh, and get fun. points. I think there were points. Yeah. Oh, oh no and nice few points in so kind of right, game. Right. Right. Well, they like the competition. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's good. So you can take any curriculum that you might have, especially in this time when maybe you weren't planning to homeschool or this is your first year and. You're wondering, oh, did I get the wrong curriculum? Don't worry. You can adapt any curriculum you have to work with any of these learning styles. Absolutely. Anything can work. You just might have to be a
0: little bit creative. Right. It. And if that's not naturally your strength, ask your friends. Mm-hmm.
1: They'll have some good ideas. Yep. Um, that that leads us back to be sure you're in that homeschool support group. Yes, find where you them. can ask people questions and they're more than happy to share their knowledge.
0: Right, and then there are other some Facebook groups I'm finding of new homeschoolers reaching out to people, and I right. love seeing people connect. You know, where do you live? Oh, I'm not too far from there. You mm-hmm. know, let me
1: help you. Or yeah,
0: what do you need? I'll send it to you. Right, Things like that. But so Wiggly, we got Wiggly. We got Wiggly. Let's talk about Perfect Paul or Paula, which um. They like to do things as perfectly as they can. I think that's where that tag came from. Um, But they like things to be practical. So they don't like vague instructions and disorganized environment. They don't like to have to work with those abstract ideas or creative assignments. They Mm -hmm. want to know, what do you want
1: me to do? Right. And then they'll do it. Yep. I I like to write, but I don't write fiction. That's too open-ended, and I, I can't create characters. I write actual like lifestyle and content things Mm -hmm. Um, yeah don't ask me to be creative and that it it doesn't work for me No, that so for this child I was
0: very much this child in school like that assignment to uh, write pretend you're so-and-so on the wagon trail oh no
1: (laughs) no that's no fun for me I have no
0: idea what you're gonna do it was much more approachable for me to write some about the environment, something factual, right? Or, you know, what yeah. was it like? What Take the... information
1: and then write about I that. I could information. do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did not
0: love that assignment, but because I was a perfect Paula, I did it. <laughs> right, <laughs> do it the right
1: way. What do you want? Okay, that's what I'll do. How but it funny. was it was really hard. Um, so they don't like creative assignments, disorganized mm-hmm. things. What do they like? They like math and spelling and history and geography, typically. You know,
0: with math, there's only one right answer. And spelling, there's only one right way to write a word. And oh, so I loved spelling. That appeals to these mm-hmm. kids. Very organized. They like just things that are consistent. So this child is going to like having a routine and check off a checklist. Yep. One right after the other. What do I do next? They don't want to swap the day around. Like, my Wigglies thought that would be great. Let's do the afternoon things in the morning. And the morning things in the afternoon. Right. But not my Paula's. They right. don't want to do that. Sometimes these kiddos need help with creativity because they're so structured, just naturally more, more rigid. Um, so they need a little bit of help right. being creative. I guess part of that is just knowing that it's okay to, um, draw outside the lines. A right. Little bit. Right. And sometimes thinking skills because they naturally tend to just do what's expected or what's the formula and just do it with the formula.
1: Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, And as they get older, I know for myself, as I got older, I was more comfortable um, branching out. But Mm -hmm. a lot of young kids are very rigid. A lot of them are.
0: Okay, so uh, we've talked about Wigglies and Perfects. Let's talk about Competent Carl. Um, Competent Carl is so systematic and so analytical, and they like to be thorough. They want to do something really well. Once, yes, they do not want to have to go and repeat it. They're not comfortable about um, expressing their emotions. Typically,
1: oh, I know this one. This is not <laughs> this is not me. I'm not competent, Carl. But I have some in my family, and um, my so my oldest son is competent, Carl. Okay, he did not like uh, if I would say you need to write a paper um, saying why this thing or that thing is good or bad or defending a position. He didn't want to do that because he said, well, that's just the fact. Exactly. And the story. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I could not get him to do any really Um, in-depth writing assignments.
0: Once your competence
1: figured out something, why would you discuss it?
0: Because we're done with that. You know. (laughs) Like Mr. Spock Mm -hmm. on Star Trek, if you're a fan. Um, And they're not always diplomatic about their viewpoint either because they've already figured it out. And if you... You know, <laughs> why would you disagree with them? But uh, we did discover that um, because people are not logical, sometimes my confident Carl had a little bit of trouble figuring out how to react to people. Um, people are a little bit unpredictable with their emotions, and sometimes these children would do not react well. So if you have a really emotional uh, parent, maybe you've lost your self-control for a moment, that child's not going to respond to somebody acting... Um, really emotionally off their rocker basically they just need some kind of calm and right. logically presented steps right right they are trouble so typically
1: yeah. you know not surpri- not surprisingly they're good at math and science mm-hmm. and all those things with details yep that's what my competent uh, carl he loved his math and he loved his science and computers uh yeah yeah he loves computers typically at least in our family
0: our competent carl and carla are the ones we ask For help with anything technological Mm -hmm. like can you fix it or tell me what i'm doing wrong or where do i plug this in (laughs) right
1: right and they don't
0: even i mean it's effortless for them i can read directions and figure
1: it out but somehow they just know so with uh with these kiddos they are the kind that can you can give them their school books and they can just go do it my oldest son would take his biology book and he'd go off to his room and get his assignments done with no input at all, really, from me, mm-hmm. and then bring it out, and all these answers were written, and I would be like, "Wow, you know." And then my Wiggly, I had to sit next to them while they did it, oh. so maybe they had a little bit of that love language of uh, quality time, where you're sitting there with them. Well, I think it was just to keep them on task. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just to keep them on task because uh, it wasn't their strong suit, the science, right. and, and you know, writing the answers down was laborious, and mm-hmm. so it's just interesting how the different learning styles. Um, how they interact with materials. That's because, true. Because you know they have to, and and uh, kind of as an aside. So yes, we want to work with our children's learning styles, but we also need to teach them to understand information given to them in a style other than their preferred right. style. Right. I think that that's why
0: knowing about learning styles helps us to know where we need to modify mm-hmm. and to teach it. We, st- we teach things like if they're struggling in an area, mm-hmm. you would teach to their strength. Right. But if they're really confident in an area, then you could teach to their weakness to help them gain more skills.
1: Yeah. Because when they get out of, um, you know, they get out into the world, into the workplace, into college. No one there is going to change what they do to suit nope. somebody's learning <laughs> styles or modality. No, but I do
0: find that if you know that about yourself, you know you learn how to adapt, and that's the important thing. You need skills, learn right? How to adapt,
1: mm-hmm. definitely. Um,
0: and so, like for your competent Carl, you work on social skills a little bit and some of that non-technical creativity to help them be able to function in a
1: workplace. Yes, I remember having to explain to my competent Carl's that the accepted social customs mean you look at someone in the eyes when you talk to them right. and you shake their hand. Now I'm having to say, well, you don't necessarily have to shake their hand, mm, but look at people bump when bump you talk bump. to them. Yeah. Right. But right.
0: So you just learn those. And we, with my competent, my middle son, we practiced, um, all those, how do you say hello to someone and offer them a drink of water or right. sharing your toys? And you kind of had to rehearse a rehearse, little before, role playing, mm-hmm. a little bit of role playing before our little friend would come over, right? Um, and you know, we moms knew that we were giving them the opportunity to practice all those kind of niceties, mm-hmm. and they did. They learned, yeah, they do, they do, smart kiddos. And then you've got sociable Sam or Sue, who is your big picture person they um they don't want all the details they just want the big picture and so they don't like having to give exact details and they don't really like competition in the way that a wiggly does Mm -hmm. because they want everyone to can we just get along they (laughs) like games where you've
1: got you know friendly competition but not something with a mean edge i've got a great example of that so there's a game that we all like to play called pandemic I know. I'm sorry. But it's a really fun game. Yes. And one of the reasons I like it and I do tend to have some sociable qualities is that it's a cooperative game mm-hmm. where you as a team work together to try to defeat the pandemic. Um, so I really like that. Right. And that kind of game is great.
0: Yeah. For a sociable For a sociable, kid. right. Um, they, um, they like working together mm-hmm. and having a common goal. They don't like conflict, really. So those kind of games are great fun. Um, They don't always take criticism well either because they're so sensitive Mm -hmm. to, you know, people's feelings, Mm -hmm. including their own. But they typically are really good with creative writing because they're all about people. Writing a character, I have a daughter right now who's writing... A story. So she's created these characters, and I don't know how she does that, but they're I don't either. wonderful. Creative writing, literature, mm-hmm. love languages, social studies, uh, the performing arts, everything that has to do with people. This is your people person. Mm-hmm. Um, but because they are those big picture thinkers and they can get discouraged really easily, you've got to help them develop perseverance mm-hmm. and going when it's hard. And, sure. Um, also, attention to detail. Because they're satisfied with the big picture, you know. Details like put your name on your paper. Like, that's not essential in a home school until you have several children. And their handwriting is similar. Like, whose paper is this? Please right. put your name on it. Um, but in her in her world, why would that matter? Right, right. <laughs> this is my work. Can't you tell it's mine? Um, but those are those those sensitive kids that are really flexible in the way that they can approach a situation. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. They're very forgiving. I think very forgiving. Mm -hmm. Right. I know. I, um, so like we were talking earlier, you can be a combination of these. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm definitely not competent, Carl, but I do see myself in wiggly and perfect and sociable. Although if sociable is doing creative writing, that would throw me out the door. Um, So do you find that people are generally a mixture Of these learning styles? Just from observation of the people I know
0: and the people in my family, uh, I'd say most people are a mixture. However, my competent
1: Carl is pretty much a straight up competent Carl. Mm -hmm. I think that particular learning style is very strong. When you're that learning style, it's like it's dominant.
0: I think so. And it has to do, part of it has to do with their personality in general, which also, like, I don't know all of those. Like you said before, the I of being whatever. right, yeah. <laughs> but um, those, there are some subcategories, like they've take some people have taken those four models and split them into mm-hmm. 16, and you can fine tune some of that and find out a little bit more about what makes somebody tick. But um, I do have a daughter who has a strong, competent Carla aspect to her, but she's also got a lot of perfect Paula in there. Mm-hmm. And so there's some complimentary aspects there, and then a sociable. Sue, aspect, and then I have a really wiggly child who has. We don't We talk about that often if it's from training that she's so good with checklists and some of those Paula characteristics, oh, sure. or if it's just because that's part of you know
1: who she would have been anyway. But she's definitely a wiggly. So the combinations of learning styles, um, it's fun to see how they work out. And, and you think that maybe competent and perfect, or you find those together sometimes, more
0: sometimes. But usually I'm finding um, I have seen every kind of mix That you know there is There was one dad who came to some of our meetings Who was a sociable Sam and a competent Carl Oh, that's interesting. Like, how does that work? Right. He said, "When I'm at work, I'm competent, Carl. I think he was an accountant. Oh, sure. And um, when I'm not at work, I'm sociable, Sam. How? He's just a charming man. I was Mm -hmm. like, that's so interesting. I would never. I would have thought that might be hard. So after meeting so many different people, I was like, there's all combinations. Yeah. The takeaway is, let's figure out what makes my child, what works best for my child, right? And see if I can accommodate that in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, But we do want to be careful about. Putting people in a box right. or attaching a label to them and thinking, like, that's who you are. Right. Because if they're
1: really young, they're going to be wiggly. Oh, sure. Hands on. Sure. And, um, and as we mature, like you said, we might take on uh, some characteristics of, you know, we might find that organization really helps us, even if we're wiggly. Right. So we can learn to be organized and still be spontaneous. Still be spontaneous. Right. Or you
0: get someone to help you set up systems that you function really well in. Like I know my my Paula oriented, you know, those Paula children that are more organized will go help their sibling who's so wiggly and help them get things set up. Mm -hmm. And then the wiggly just runs along the tracks that are. Um, Set so up, just wanted the companionship of figuring it out right. with someone else because there's a strong element of sociable in there too. Sure, but it's fun to watch people grow and change and mature, and I think that we can be balanced as people. Yes, if we know we tend to be one way, just to take a look and see if maybe I need
1: to learn some other. Right, I would have loved to have known some of these things about myself. Oh, uh, maybe when I was in my late teens or mm-hmm. in my early twenties when I started having my kids. And it just took a while. And, you know, I figured it out. Okay, I like this. I don't right. like that. But it sure is nice to have some of these things laid out where you can kind of evaluate yourself and evaluate your kids. And it's good to help your kids to understand these. I remember teaching my kids a little bit, like, this is what this is, and this is, might be why you do these things. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it just helps us to understand ourselves. And when we're choosing curriculum, if we're wiggly... Or, perfect or competent, or sociable, the curriculum we choose that we have to use to teach our children, it's really important. Because we do want one, a curriculum that kind of speaks to our kids. Mm-hmm. But if it's one that we can't access because of our own learning styles, it's going to be really tough. It is tough. Mm-hmm. And
0: in the beginning, we tend to choose something that we like. Right. And then we find ways to make it work. Like you said earlier, anything will work. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I think over over time, we found ways to, we did a lot with unit studies, which, because I have a, you know, a, a wiggly element there, I, that was so great. We mm-hmm. could change things up and figured out that how to have change within a routine. Because right. there's also that need for me, at least to be, you know, organized and have my lists and know what's coming up. Sure. Next. But we found the activities or the learning activities and assignments I gave the children, I could modify them. Just so that they could,
1: because I wanted them to enjoy learning. Right. Yes, and that—that's the thing. Is um, you know, the the goal of homeschooling is to create a lifestyle of learning mm-hmm. and make in learning interesting and accessible. So if you're trying to take somebody and stick them at a desk and make them drill, drill and kill, you know, they would mm-hmm. say all that. It—that's not what we're trying to do here. No, we're, I mean, the less it looks learning. like school, really, the better. I think, well, it, especially it just it, when your part kids of your are young, life.
0: Mm-hmm. learning your life is a lifestyle of learning. Yeah, and it's home centered, and then from there, you're teaching them all the skills they need to learn the things that might not be in the curriculum. Right. And um, we just had a lot of fun, but I did. I helped the children understand those personalities. Like that's why you love filling out the worksheets, mm-hmm. and they hate filling out the worksheets, and then figure out another way to. To review the information, there's, you don't have to do pages and pages of worksheets. If there's another way that right. you can get the
1: information, and then if your kid loves worksheets, you oh, know I did. it's, it's I fine to have them.
0: <laughs> I was that kid. Just give me a workbook, I'll fill it all fill out. Fill it all out. Yeah. And yeah. so that wasn't going
1: to work with my Wiggly, and um, I had to branch out. Right. Well, I think that this information is going to really help people as they move forward through the school year.
0: I think so. If you find something's not working, adjust it a little bit. Mm hmm. Yep. That's a really brief look at learning styles and modalities. We'd love to hear how learning styles have been helpful in your homeschool.
1: At this time in our podcast, we usually answer some questions. Holly, do we have a question? We do. Lisa M writes in I'm homeschooling my six year old, and I also have a toddler. They both often need me at the same time. How do I balance my responsibilities as a teacher? with my responsibilities as a parent. Oh, that happens a lot. That was our experience when we first started homeschooling. I had a 5-year-old, a 3-year-old, and a newborn. Oh, goodness. I had a 2nd grader, a kindergartner, a 3-year-old, an 18-month-old, and then I was newly pregnant.
0: Oh, my. Wow. A lot of juggling that first year. (laughs) And that's the answer, a lot of juggling. You figure out what what needs to be done one-on-one with your six-year-old. I used nap time for the toddler to do a lot of those one-on-one things with the Mm six-year-old for phonics and math. And their lessons are short when they're that young. Right.
1: It shouldn't take you more than an hour or two to get through whatever you want to teach them that day. That's right. But we did. Mm -hmm. When the toddler was down for a nap, we did
0: the one-on-one things. And then when the toddler was awake, we included that child. And they were just as much a part of school As the other one because i didn't want to be pushing them off to
1: the side right yes i think that's the key um i kept some little activities on hand for my toddler to um, do while i was working with the older children and also at the beginning of the day what i did was i gave the older children some independent work even a six-year-old can maybe copy a row Mm -hmm. of A's on a paper or they can play with um, counting blocks or something while you do something with the little kid. Because if you get the little kid and you spend some focused time with them and then you sit them down at your feet with some little toys, they're very happy because you filled their cup first. First. And I think
0: that's just a good tip overall. We started with the youngest first. I worked youngest to oldest. The older ones could keep themselves busy with either school assignments or some household chores, like mm-hmm. emptying the waste baskets or feeding the pets. They were doing things while I worked with the, the younger one first. And like yes. you said, then they were happy and satisfied. And uh, we also did some, like, assignments for the toddlers, but they were things like, go play with the blocks. Right. Or now it's time to go, you know, play with the cars and trucks play, or the play yes. kitchen or... Um, Things like that. And we did the same thing. I had some school time only toys. So they were really unique
1: things that they couldn't get It keeps their interest longer. Another thing I would suggest is to have planned snack times. Oh, absolutely. So we had, uh, I think, 10 or 10.30, we took a break, and all the kids had a snack. And the, the little toddler, what I did with my toddlers is I created a little um, preschool. I'm putting quotation marks on mm-hmm. that, little preschool. But we did some little activities for them, like I would read them a book or we would uh, learn a poem or we would do some little finger plays or uh, little kind of activities that mm-hmm. were focused, counting, jumping, whatever. And then we'd have our snack and everybody wanted a snack i learned that real quickly even the older students wanted to have the snack and that just helps because when little people get hungry they're just really unpleasant (sighs) and it's hard to get through anything even for me as an adult if i get really hungry i really can't focus on anything you can't be your best sale so feed them take breaks go outside go outside
0: i was going to say let everybody go outside and take a break and play and and use those big motor muscles that you can't run and jump in the house. You right. Need to, they still need that. And it's important for development. For the And if you ones. have a
1: read aloud, you can take your book outside and you read. You can. Um, so they're just, it's a really short time when that little two-year-old is going to be kind of um, an interruption. They're not an interruption, but if you're trying to do certain things and they're climbing on the top of the table, that might be hard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, feed them. Give them attention first and um, do some stuff when they're napping. Hopefully, they take naps. I had a couple two-year-olds that didn't really nap. But, but they
0: still had, at least in my house, they might not sleep, but they had to rest or yes. have a quiet time. Yes,
1: exactly. But it is
0: challenging it to is. figure all of that out. And so some of that is just you kind of
1: figure it out as you go. Yep. Try some things, and if they don't work, throw them out and try something else. Mm-hmm. I Oh, I have a really great tip. So one of the things that my little kids did they love doing this. I put a tablecloth on the floor, one of those uh, wipeable tablecloths, mm-hmm. and I would give them um, some paintbrushes and the little papers that already have the paint in them. Oh, and oh, they God, felt like they were painting. So I would say, it's your art time. And they would sit there in, in their little mm-hmm. diapers or whatever on the tablecloth painting. Or I'd give them a, a paintbrush with water and we would sit out back and they would paint the house while I did some reading to with the older child. So there, there's all kinds of creative ways. And if you do a search... On um, things to do with toddlers while you're homeschooling a lot of people have put those things down and you'll be amazed at all the brilliant ideas that people moms will give you mm-hmm. yeah. yeah
0: figuring out while you're doing your children yeah but um, you
1: can do it and, and it just might mean you do things in little bits and pieces here and there that's okay your six-year-old doesn't need to sit down for a really long time to do schoolwork mm-hmm.
0: anyway well wait I had short lessons for short people right I like that Keep and I'm short. still a
1: short person <laughs> So short lessons still work for they, me.
0: They do. They keep their attention and you can get a lot accomplished and then you can do something with your toddler. Exactly. But it's gonna be it'll yeah, she'll figure it out.
1: Right. <laughs> yep, let do. us know. We'd love to hear from you and help you with your homeschooling questions. Please send them to us on Twitter at underscore homeschoolpod or
0: email us at happyhomeschoolpod at gmail dot com. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Melody. I'm Holly. Happy Homeschooling. Hi, this is your host, Melody Gillum. Thank you for listening to the Happy Homeschooler Podcast, a transcript maker production. My co-host is Holly Williams Erbach. This episode was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our graphic design is by Pete Soloway and our music is by the Great Pangolin. You can find our music on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins. If you'd like to help our podcast grow, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or, as always, tell people about us. Uh, You can get a free 14... You can get a free (laughs) (laughs) 14-day...
1: You can.